But yes, yeah. I had cancer almost contemporaneous with the startup of the business, you know, not more than a few months apart, right? We had started and then I got the, I got the, uh, the uh, diagnosis. And so that's nine years ago now, almost. Hello, and welcome to the Helping Organizations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions, and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, experts, and thought leaders in the field of business resilience. Do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organizations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the great pleasure of Kevin Kehoe on the show. Uh, good afternoon or good morning to you, uh, Kevin. How are you doing today? Yeah, good morning, Julian. We're uh, on the other side of the US. So yeah, good morning to you. <laughs> yes. I love technology and the fact that we can have these conversations and uh, it's brilliant. I'm just going to introduce you to the to the, the audience. Uh, you're an inspiring author, uh, author of, the, of the, the book called The One Hit Wonder. Uh, the real life adventures of an average guy, that's what you call yourself, and the lessons you've learned along the way. Uh, you're also a, an entrepreneur, a co-founder, and a cancer survivor. Um, and after doing small business consulting for sort of 30 years, um, you uh, co-founded Aspire Software in 2013, uh, which was sold in 2021. And so we'll be exploring a little bit more about your entrepreneur journey, but also I think there's a a, certainly a story behind you know battling through cancer while all that was going on as well so uh, and get some lessons in resilience and uh, persistence and how you overcome that and yeah just want to hear yeah, some lessons from you really so before we get into that uh, Kevin um, what do you love about what you do well just about everything I know that sounds pretty broad but uh, I get to choose what I like to do um, which independence has always been a, a great motivator for me. Um, I get to create um, and I get to lead. Those are three things I just like doing, right? Choose, create, and lead. Um, and so any opportunity that kind of fits in that venue or that particular description of a job, I'm good at that. So if it's writing a book, if it was running a company, I mean, I think all the same things apply, right? I, I just never been good at working for others. Yeah. Okay. So um, you like to create things, which is, I think we're, we're all here to do some form of creating, aren't we? Uh, you've created books, you've created companies, um, and we're going to now create a, a conversation, hopefully, that will inspire people and stir people and perhaps get some lessons along the way as well. Um, so going back to your business that you uh, started, um, it'd be interesting to understand what got you to you call it your one-hit wonder, which is your your business. What what, what was the was the uh, the purpose behind it? The reason behind it? The motivation? Because it's a big thing starting a business. Um, yes. People don't people don't always realise what is behind that, and and people just start them sort of to a penny. But actually, there's there's a lot that goes into that. I just like to almost get back to the, the, the I guess the origin story of your uh, business. Yeah, I mean, starting a business. I could break it down between what I might call more, more mom and pop where there's not a lot of capital needed up front. And then something where it's more a scalable type business where you do need a lot of capital up front and software is, is the latter. Um, it, it's going to take you at least a year to go build your, your beta version or your first version of the software. And 
you know, so stepping back on all of this, I had been a consultant in the industry, landscape management, construction, snow and ice management in the U.S., big business. Um, and I had consulted in that business financially, strategic planning, sales, all those things for probably 30 years. And I knew lots of people. I understood the business and really saw that there was a, a lack of an, an ERP operating system, right? So a contractor could, from get-go, know, where are my sales? What's going in production? What's happening in payroll? What's in purchase? Where am I in my job cost getting my jobs done? And then rolling it all up into some sort of profit and loss statement, right? And we're making money. Um, and so it was kind of a no-brainer to come up with a concept because there wasn't a lot there because that was the most common question I would always get asked. Hey, Kevin, what software would you recommend we use? And I really, there wasn't a lot at the time. And so, so, so you already knew what the problem was, which is always handy. You already knew what the problem was for sure, that we lacked this ability to give the contractor insight every day. And, you know, instead of waiting to the end of the month to say, how did we do? We could give you everyday insight with a cloud, I'm sorry, a cloud mobile platform, right? Mm -hmm. And it's in your hand, it's on the phone, it's on an iPad, it's in your computer. Um, and so raising the capital, um, we went through what I call angel investors. So we raised several millions of dollars uh, to put out, uh, to hire, obviously, it's all, it's all people. Software business is nothing but highly expensive people. So um, we, we used the funding to hire that group of people and, a little more than a year, we put out V1, um, uh, and rather quickly, in five or six years, grew it to a pretty substantial share of market. Wow! And just before you you launched it, and in some ways now you've done it, grew it, sold it, and you know got the T-shirt along the way and everything else. Go back to that sort of days when you were sort of creating the the plan, the ideas. What was it that made you take that step? Because it, it's a brave step still. And the fact that you had to raise cash and convince investors uh, to part with their cash to, you know, go with this idea. What, what, what was that step? What, what caused it? What was it? What, I guess the, what was the, the sort of courage that got you across the line? You know, some of it was a bit of a loyalty test. Um, I had done some work with another software engineer in the industry, he had a product that I didn't think was good enough in, in some ways. And um, so he and I got to talking. He asked, what would it look like better? And so we built a, uh, up a, a friendship over a couple of years. And then he ran into partner problems, uh, meaning that they weren't getting along. And he approached me and wanted to know if, we, if I would help him purchase the business away from them. And what happened was um, his partners did precisely the opposite. They, they executed some poison pill in the contract and bought him out. Uh, and in our conversations, I had said, well, wh what happens if they buy you out? You know, I mean, what are you going to do? What's plan B? And plan B was, he says, we'll write a brand new software. I'm like, that's a totally different world partner, right? Writing a brand new software. Um, but when the moment came, Right. It, it seemed like it was highly doable that we could raise the cash. Right. We've been talking to people about this concept. Right. You know, over a period of about a year. So it wasn't out of the blue for a lot of our investors. 
by the time they came to us. But, you know, writing it down and actually committing to an Excel spreadsheet, projected customers and numbers and pricing and cost, that, that's a hell of an activity to get into, you know, because mm-hmm. it really takes it from a, a concept to can you execute that thing? Um, and by mm-hmm. the time we were done, we thought we could execute this thing. So we, we just we just raised the money. We stepped in and started building. And we went through a million problems like every entrepreneur has <laughs> making the thing work. Yeah, it's interesting because I think a lot of people come up with ideas of, of businesses or ideas in their business. And often the thing that stops people actually acting upon those, um, which you might be surprised with, it, it's, it's belief. Uh, and belief that it will happen or belief in it may happen and wanting things to always have a, I suppose, a perfect outcome. And so, you know, what sort of belief, where did that belief come from that this could happen or did you not have any or did you just sort of just go for it and let, let's see what happens or was it well, people around you? It was more than going for it to see what happens. I mean, we proofed it with a number of investors and other people um, and I don't know, you and I may have spoken about this on, on a prior pre- preview prep, but I said that that kind of risk never really bothered me that much if I could see the way to get there. I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, in other words, I didn't get freaked out about it. And, and I realized the plan wouldn't work exactly the way we put it down. But I had confidence that my partner could do the technical side, could build it. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew it. And, and I had confidence I could sell it. Right. I, I had no 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 lack of confidence. And that, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that um, it wouldn't be a hard, harder sell because it's expensive to buy ERP software. It's not an expensive mm. product, um, but that I could sell it and people would get interested. And uh, um, knowing that and having that confidence in 30 years of sort of working um, experience. Yeah. To, to me, it wasn't that tough to do in the end. Well, excellent. Um, and if somebody came to you today, they're just about to set up a, a new business. Um, what sort of two, three tips or advice based on your experience of how you started, what you learned, what were the pitfalls that you would share with that individual to really help them have a, I guess, a fast start and uh, not that they'll, they'll be problem free, but they'll they'll get there a bit quicker than perhaps you did. You know, when you look at it from an investor's point of view, uh, the first thing they look at is who are the people? Right? They, they don't look at the projections. Of course, they'll look at the projections about revenue and cost and profit and when do you break even. Um, but they look at the people. Um, so I think you really have to know, especially if you're going in with a partner, those are always dicey. I mean, you, you've really got to think through, um, do I want another marriage? Because that's what you end up being in, essentially, right? So that's one consideration. Um, I think the second is capital. Um, most of us will underestimate the amount of capital required before we break even, right? Uh, and to me, not the worst thing, but a problematic thing is to go back to your investors for a second ask. Because now all of a sudden, it's like, well, what happened to all the money we gave you in the beginning? And how do we know this isn't going to be the last time you come? Right? So don't underestimate the amount of capital that you need. Um, and then thirdly is um, don't underestimate the hours because it's going to impact your family, your wife. Mm. Um, it's, it's hours. Uh, and so if you can, in your mind's eye, 
But those things have nothing to do with selling a product, right? I didn't even talk about that. Just right. getting your life situation right so you can go out there and execute. Because if you can't execute with a clear head and you've got problems at home or with your partner or not enough cash, then then you're spending so little time working on your business, you're spending time trying to just keep it alive. There's a lot of, lot of balls to juggle, isn't there? And a lot of things to think about. There um, are. I, there, there really are to do it. Um, and, and I think a good plan helps. Really knowing what I think General Patton said, no plan survives first contact with the enemy, enemy or maybe that was Clausewitz in Germany, right? It's like, but you got to have a plan. I mean, you got to yeah. have a plan. At least it gives you some, if not time frames, gives you some benchmarks mm -hmm. about what should be accomplished, and then you can start yeah. to move things around, right, as, as, as they come up, because yeah. you can't always predict. It's, it's having that plan, but not thinking that it's the perfect plan, and, and a plan where when things don't go quite right, and having the mindsets and the agility to learn, uh, reconfigure, and do it again, and go out again, and, and do things slightly differently until you achieve what you're trying to achieve. Um, we know that nothing's a straight line. It's always a, an up and down. Um, uh, but as you say, but you need a plan. Uh, you need to, what you're going to do today will get you to where you want to be tomorrow. Uh, if you wait until tomorrow, it won't happen. <laughs> so it's important to to have a plan, uh, and as simple as that, and it is as simple as that. But um, I think often we forget about those small steps in delivering on uh, or the process of delivering on our outcomes, and they start with with today. Now, during all this, uh, you had a. I'd say a, a huge life-changing uh, experience. It's, you, you had cancer uh, through all this, uh, which is just, and I think you're still, you're still sort of. Uh, I am. I'm, uh, I'm still fighting the battle. It's um, yeah, we're, we're we're deep in the battle still. But yes, yeah. I had cancer almost contemporaneous with the startup of the business. You know, not more than a few months apart. Right, we had started, and then I got the I got the. Uh, the uh, diagnosis. And so that's nine years ago now, almost, well, eight and a half. Um, and, you know, and it's come back and we're right after this call, I'm headed down to treatments, right? Oh, goodness. To, uh, to see if we can keep this thing at bay. And, and that's what, you know, that's what you have to do with this disease. There's no cure for me at this point, right? right. There might be some remission. It's just really living with a chronic disease, you know, without letting it attack you completely. So, yeah. Um, it's it's hardest thing I've ever done, hardest by far. And and you know you, you don't sound like you're living with cancer. You don't appear to be living with cancer. You've got a, a real spirit about you, which is and all the conversations I've had with you, um, which is, I think is really great and how you're going about it. But how do you cope with starting a business and having such a traumatic life uh, events that's how did you sort of marry that? And how did you keep going? And what, what kept you going? I mean, it's, I can't get my head around it because I've never experienced it. And, I, and I, I don't know how that would feel. So how do you work that through? Uh, on the um, more practical side, it, it changed the, the roles of the people in our hiring, right? We had to hire on a little more quickly because I couldn't be available all the time, right? I mean, I was doing software demonstrations on the 405 freeway, trying to sell the product, going back and forth to chemo and radiation treatments, right? I'd, I'd work out of a hospital bed, right? To, to, 
So there were some practical things was we just had to change what my role was because I, I wasn't there all the time like I was expected to be. Um, second, um, well, certainly my wife, my family, my friends, um, it, it's, I'll tell you this, it's, it's a brutal, forg- unforgiving disease. Um, just when you think you, you've, you've made progress, it, it, it kicks you back in the teeth. Um, without my wife, I have no idea how, how I would have gotten through it. She was there all the time. Um, some of it's just luck. Some of it's prayer. Some of it's good doctoring. Um, and when I say luck, I, I actually do mean that, you know, just depending upon the mutation of your own particular cancer, um, you know, because colorectal cancer for me is not the same as the next person. Um, there's differences. Mm. And so you're living in a world where it's, uh, it's, it's pretty frightening because you don't know who to trust, right? You, you haven't had it before. Uh, you don't know what the doctor is telling you is real or not. Um, mm. and, and what he's more importantly not telling you, he or she, right? Um, and so, I mean, we've learned a lot, but we're even still learning today where, you know, we're, we're now in some holistic and non-standard cancer protocol treatments, right? Just because the other ones um, haven't worked completely. And, and, and some of those hospitals just don't do anything else, Julian. That's what they do, mm-hmm. right? And, and so it's what you don't know and what you that can really, you know, hurt you in this journey because you just, mm. if you lose time, if you lose time, you get in trouble. That's all. You can't make it up. Mm. Just the disease gets in advance. That's all. When you talked about uh, uncertainty, I mean, <clears throat> when you step out and start a new business, there's uncertainty. Uh, in fact, we're in a, a time of uncertainty uh, with all what's been going on the last few years. And then you have this huge uncertainty in your health. How did you navigate that? What, what, what were the sort of mind tip tricks that got you through those days when it must have been absolutely devastating, um, awful, sad? What's the point? I mean, you must have gone through a whole host of emotions on a daily, hourly basis at times. How did you keep going? And Because you, you've got such a good spirit about you. How, how, where does that come from? How's that, how have you got that? Yeah, some of it's mind tricks, Julian. Um, like one was, I'm never gonna, even in the darkest at night in bed when you're lying awake looking at the ceiling, thinking about your mortality, um, I'm never gonna ask why me. I'm not gonna go down that path, right? Why did I get it? That's not fair. I decided to eliminate that concept. And instead, like, what's next? What do I gotta do next? Um, that helped. Um, you know, also, you know, I, I think a part of it was I just decided to live like I had other things to do. I had a job. I had to go to work. I did it. You know, I, I didn't I didn't obsess on, on what was going on. Um, and, 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 and the third part of me believed I'm Kevin Kehoe. I'm never going to die. Right. <laughs> it's not possible that it could happen. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Um, so that that's how I got through. That's how I still get through. And and now, I mean, are you? Is is it as bad as it was then? Now, or is it all? Yes. It's yes. still right. Okay, it, it's as bad. Yeah. Can't the next the next two months are going to be critical. Let's just say that. Yeah. Right. Got I got to get some progress the next two months, or we're in a tough spot. So. I'm sorry to hear that. Um, Me too. It, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't sound like. I mean, I say, I just love your your optimism and your energy about you. So uh, it's fantastic, um, and it's a testament to you and all what you've been doing, however since you've been, or who you are, and what you've become. I guess. Um, how do you do? Has it changed your perspective on life and business? Oh, entirely. Yes, of course. <laughs> how could it not? Right. Um, question is, of course, how, um, you know, I've always been a, a real, a real driver, um, a real get it done type of person, not a hugger. I, I'm a hugger now. Um, <laughs> I tell people I love them because I do. Um, um, I forgot the rest of your question. I'm sorry. It's just, just how has it changed your perspective on life? Oh and yeah, and, and this this idea of that that people really are in pain. You know, when you're not in pain, mm. you don't know what it's like, um, and then you and then you see it, and you've been there. Entirely different experience with people, right? Sympathy. Mm. I don't mean sympathy in a bad way. Empathy. Um, you know, you just realize how bloody mortal you all are when it comes to this stuff. And, mm. um, yeah. I'm a better, I'm a better person because of it in many ways, just because of maybe those couple of things. Right. I wasn't a bad guy before. So <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how things in our lives can, can shape us. Uh, and, and sometimes we can get trauma like that. And they, they call it, um, sort of post-traumatic growth. So some people get trauma and they, they grow from it, that the trauma creates, it goes beyond resilience. It causes a, a transformational piece in their lives mentally and everything else. And it sounds like you've gone on that route and decided to take the, the growth option, so to speak. <laughs> um, others, for whatever reason, go more down. It becomes more of a stress, post-traumatic stress disorder. It becomes quite stressful, becomes quite consuming of of their lives and it's interesting how you said that you tried to i know you can't carry on like normal but just get on with day-to-day stuff as and just sort of carry on uh obviously not oblivious to what you've got and there's limitations i appreciate that but that sort of mindset of thinking this is not going to stop me uh, but also what it's done is created you to be a from your perspective perhaps a a better version of you that you were a number of years ago you know, I hope so. Um, if you're not growing in, in some ways, and that's a way probably I needed to grow. Um, I think I've always been very good with people for the most part, but you know, you learn that I can be super intimidating to people just because of the way I come across. And you know, uh, people say, "Well," I said, "I'm intimidating. How is that possible?" He goes, "Well, you just always know what to do." I'm like, "I have no idea what I'm doing half the time, right? I'm, I'm making stuff up." Um, you know, trying to figure out which way is, is the best in the moment. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it is traumatic. I, I'll tell you, it, it consumes my days. I'll put it that way. Yes. Yeah. All day. Now, there's been, obviously, the word resilience has been banded around for the last number of years in, in light of the pandemic. And I'd like to get your perspective on or your definition or your understanding of resilience based on your own sort of, I guess, journey and what you've been through or what you're going through still. Uh, so, and I'd like it from two angles. I like it from a, I guess, from a, the personal people angle, but also 
what's your view on it from a, a business angle as well? Yeah, from a business angle, maybe I'll start on that one. Um, because resiliency is, is everything, especially during startup. Like the way I always envisioned a startup, because we've done a couple, is I got to get the rocket to the launch pad. And I got to get it fired. I got to get it off the pad. Okay, I got to get into Earth orbit before I can go Mach 33, go to the moon, right? So there's there's phases. Um, and, and so I, I think resiliency... And, and, and I think really we were fortunate, the people we had or whatever we were doing, um, I think resiliency is the essential element early on because so much of what you're doing early is going to affect what happens later. And so if you get the plumbing and wiring, this is just an, an analogy, the wiring and plumbing wrong, wrong in the house, you got a problem because now you got to tear the whole house down. Um, so you got to get the plumbing and wiring. And that means like business systems, the right people, the right product, right? A number of different things you got to do well early, the right service model, right? Um, and realize that at that point in time, it's all resiliency, right? And, and I, I think most people, at least the original 10 with whom I um, will have conversations with from Aspire, all say they love the first three years the best because it was just all rock and roll. Um, and, and, you know, you had to be resilient. Um, personal side, um, resiliency. Well, if you can't take care of yourself, then you expect other people to do it for you. I'm not trying to make that sound harsh. Mm -hmm. um, but I put a tremendous load on my wife every day, right, because of my situation scenario. You know, for her, just the idea that she could lose a husband is, is, is over, it's just overwhelming. It's got to be. You know, and then, you know, to see me in pain or fighting every day, um, you know, there's a woman who demonstrates resiliency, right? Um, that that you, you, you suck it up may be the wrong word. Um, but believe me, you're you have down down days um, and, and I try not to make them last longer than a day. I just pick myself up and go, OK, all right, we, we, you know, we'll just we'll do another one. Right. And so you really do learn. To some extent, the that the, that uh, sort of cliche, um, take it one day at a time, because really that's what you're doing. I mean, it's like yeah. you truly get to live that a day at a time. Mm. So um, you know, I got a goal today. You know, I got to get through five or six things today, get those done, pray, and, and, and hope that tomorrow we get some progress. Right? Mm. Yeah, it's in, it's interesting because a thought popped into my mind of just when you were sharing it that. Actually, resiliency comes also from that self-awareness, aware of where you're at, aware you know, in terms of your capabilities and your limitations. It doesn't mean we get limited by that, but actually it's important to be aware, like you are aware, and what, and then you've put things in place, what you're doing for today and to get through that today. And rather than just thinking it's all about grit, determination, and gung-ho, because that's not resiliency, that's just being foolhardy <laughs> in some ways. Um, there's, a, there's a key thing of learning and understanding and getting insights on ourselves, isn't there? Yeah, and, and, and accepting that some things aren't going to be the way you want them. They, they're just not, you know, and, mm. and, and, you, and you got to improvise or innovate, or that's resiliency and, and you know, and, and work around or work with whatever it is. Um, that, that that's going on. And I think it, that is a little more than grit. That's knowing when to say, Hey, enough of this, move on, step over, you know, mm -hmm. let's not beat this thing to death. It's not going to work. Um, yeah. and, and that's really key. I think in the first couple of years of trying to scale a business is 
you're, you're making decisions with not a lot of good data, mm. right? Right. You, you don't have a ton of great data to go support that. You, you don't even have the time to go find it sometimes. Mm. Um, so you got to trust your, your intuition a little bit, what other people say. And, and then if it doesn't work, go fix it. Right. Mm. And also it's, it's <clears throat> looking to try and enjoy the journey as well, as much as you can look for the joy, look for the highs, look for the good things. Oh, um, rather, the rather than just focusing on the, the end goal, the outcomes, the, the all the, the, the yeah the things that you're after, the goals, but actually enjoy the day by days, the hour by hours. You know, try to look for the the good stuff in all things, isn't it? It is. I mean, otherwise, how could you show up every day? It'd be very difficult you know, mm. to do it. So, I mean, I'm as unlucky as I've been. I've been super lucky. You know, I'm uh, I'm going to fight this thing. Um, I'm going to get through it the next couple of months and, you know, and going to be around for next year. So, you know, step at a time. And that's, that's how I take it. Well, Kevin, you are an inspiration, uh, a testament of your, your character and how you've responded to uh, the challenges of, of cancer and continue to respond. Um, how you've obviously, you know, launched a business, grown a business and sold a business uh, is fantastic. Um, so, I know you've written this book, One Hit Wonder. Um, and so it'd be good for you just to share, A, how people can connect with you and, and where they can get this book, uh, where they can buy it online or in the stores, wherever it is. Uh, so sure. if you want to share those details, that'd be good. Yeah, thank you, uh, Julian. Yeah, I wrote a book called One Hit Wonder, uh, Real Life Adventures of an Average Guy, Lessons He Learned Along the Way. And you mentioned the word average, which is interesting because the word ordinary might have been equally as good. And the whole point being about the one hit wonder is that ordinary people can do extraordinary things if they're open to learning and trying and, and taking some risk, right? That That's the whole concept. Mm. You may never get there, but you know, uh, in the process, you'll do tremendous things. And so, you know, the, the one hit wonder is that thing, right? Ordinary people doing extraordinary things because of commitment, mm. whatever it is, right? We all have different things. Um, you can find it on Amazon. Just type in one hit wonder, it'll pop right up. Um, you can also go to our website. That is um, one hit wonder dot site, S-I-T-E, right? One hit wonder dot site. And you'll get all kinds of info on me, the author of the book, ordering all that stuff. And some good blogs for information. Brilliant. Well, thank you for your time today, Kevin. Thank you for sharing. Um, and uh, I, I wish you well in your, your continual battle against uh, cancer. Thank you, Julian. I'm going to win it. So thanks. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you do like this episode, then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, we coach high performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions. We'll help you to go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation with me. Contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com.